trust you had a good long weekend last weekend in Australia Day. Um, but nice to see you all back. So this morning we're going to hear from Kay. So I won't even have to, I don't even have to say concentrate because it's going to be so easy. You'll be, she's going to hold you captive this morning. So anyway, but let's honour her and uh, welcome her. Have fun, Kay. I just want to say thank you, Tony, for inviting me to speak this morning. It is always a great privilege and responsibility. So um, it's just wonderful to stand here and see. It's great to see each and every one of you here this morning, and I hope you feel welcome. It's been a wonderful presence of Jesus already, hasn't it? So. That's all we need. We could almost go home now without me saying anything. <clears throat> but I'm on the spot, so I will say something. Um, I just love Psalm 103. For those of you who know it, it is such a comfort and it is such a wonderful entrance into the presence of God and prayer. And it's a great framework for prayer. I've memorized a few verses because I just so love it. And it is, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you, with love and compassion and renews your strength like the eagles. Isn't that wonderful? It's got all those elements of praise, thanksgiving, honouring God, acknowledging who he is and his sovereignty over us. And the psalm goes on and it mentions so much more that we can use it when we pray. If we don't know how to pray, just take that psalm and start with that. Because our lives are spirit and truth. And we want to relate to God in spirit. And as we read his word and speak his word, so our spirits come alive and we are connecting with him. And recently I was just meditating on that phrase, he crowns us with love and compassion. And I don't know if you've thought about that, but you know, being crowned is actually an act to invest a monarch, a ruler. It's the acknowledging of and the releasing of a ruler. And that's what we are crowned to do. We're crowned to rule with Christ Jesus. And it's in the power of his love and compassion that we rule. So we're not only forgiven, we're not only healed when we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, we're recreated by the Spirit of God as new creations in him. But we're recreated to rule and reign in this life by the power of his Holy Spirit living through us. Um, we have the same spirit that Christ Jesus had when he walked the earth. Isn't that amazing to think? That same Holy Spirit is the one that's indwelling you. 
Wow, that should blow our minds, I reckon. And we've got a delegated authority from Christ himself, a delegated authority to speak in his name, to prophesy in his name, to declare the truth and his promises in his name. And according to 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are commanded to implore people to be reconciled to living God, a loving God, a God who's already died for them and forgiven their sins. So it's an invitation into relationship with the Godhead, a holy God. We can't come because we're not holy unless we have the gift of his righteousness. Isn't it wonderful that when we are born again and recreated, he gives us an abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness. 1 John 5:11 says, This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Simple as that. So when we speak to people, this is the testimony we can bring. We can bring the testimony of Jesus. I mentioned that revelation came about the whole thing of being crowned. You know, we come every week to church and we get information. And we get such wonderful information in this church because of the rich teaching that Tony and Luke provide here. But you know, it can just remain that information. It can go in one ear and out the other and have no effect whatsoever. We're not looking for information. We're looking for transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that involves a process. If we want to go from information to transformation, we need meditation. Then we need revelation. And then we get transformation. So there's a bit of work involved. It's not automatic, folks. Just by coming to church, you're not automatically going to grow up into the maturity that Christ is wanting us to come to. So we have that option. And that's why it's so important for us to take notes or to hear again what's said so that we can go over. I don't know about you, but I can't remember things too easily. It, is, it helps me to take notes every week. It helps me to listen again to the recordings so that I try and get the same revelation that has been brought to us through Luke and Tony. And then when that revelation is applied, it becomes transformation. So even the revelation needs transformation. My truth is not necessarily your truth. Um, you can hear what I say, and it might be interesting for the moment, but it's not going to make any difference to your life unless you stop and think about it. So a process of thought is required. And, you know, God's constantly asking us in his word to seek wisdom. It's so important that we don't just hear the word of God, but to listen and to seek to understand when we don't understand you know, there is that um, parable of the soils, and we all know that the sower went out to sow in different soils, and the first one fell on the path, the hard path. 
This is the paths that were trodden between the various plots. And if grain fell on that, it was pressed down and compacted so much that it never took root. And that can be what it's like for us when we just hear information. But we need to be like that good soil that's ready and produces a crop to 20, 30, 100 fold. And so that's why we need to seek God for revelation about things. So one of the, um, let me just, getting back to the whole thing of being crowned. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans 5:17. For if by the trespass of the one man, referring to Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more? Don't you love the much mores in Romans 5? It's full of much mores. I just love Romans 5. The abundance of God. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So see, here again is that process. We need to receive it. We need to receive revelation of his abundance of grace and his gift of righteousness for it to really work in our lives to the point that we are reigning in situations. I don't know about you, but recently there's been so much panic now about this um, coronavirus. And we can go into panic mode and we'll come here with masks and get all upset about things. But we have a God who is the Prince of Peace. We have a God who's given us Psalm 91 to meditate on. We don't need to follow the world and panic. But we can pray that the panic that is being generated can be used for people to realize life's short. We can pray that they turn to God and he can turn this all together for good. And I just, when I was thinking about it, I just felt that that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to turn the eyes of the world to the fact that life is short, there's danger all around. Are we ready for eternity? And he wants us as Christians to be prepared to move out and to give the good news to those that are in fear. So use this opportunity. If people come to you scared about the coronavirus, speak to them about the Prince of Peace. The worst that can happen to us is we just graduate. That's okay. That's okay. So Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. That's how he reigns, prophet, priest, and king. And we can testify to him in these roles as well. We can fulfill these roles as his ambassadors. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.20 speaks about us being his ambassadors. So we have a delegated authority. And we can as we testify about Jesus, who he is, what he's done, what he's done in our lives, what he's done in history, we can know that actually we're prophesying. For the, Revelation 19 speaks of the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. 
So when we speak about Jesus, we're prophesying. It's a testimony of Jesus. It's about what he's done. It's about how good he is, how his mercy and grace and his faithfulness to us in our lives. So when we get to do our testimony, make sure the focus is Jesus, not on how terrible you were and what you were into, but how good and gracious he is that he's brought you out of that into eternal life, into his presence, into his power and into fellowship with him. What a privilege we have. So, yeah, don't give the devil any glory whatsoever. We don't want any emphasis on him. Um, Philippians 4.8 is another lovely scripture which tells us to think on things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, of good report. I believe that's God's prescription for mental health for us. So don't be tempted to think on things that are going to pull you down and get your peace disturbed. You've heard it many times from this pulpit that we should take note of, record and remember the good things of God, what he's done in our lives. You know, the Israelites often put up a memorial of stones or some other way to remember what God had done, to mark things. And it's a great idea to collect things, perhaps. Collect testimonies, like you might, some people collect stamps or coins. There's much more eternal value in collecting testimonies of God's goodness. And when we get together, when you get together with family, with friends, speak about the goodness of God and the testimonies of God or what you've heard of recently. Um, This little magazine's full of Christian testimonies of what God has done. You can take something like that. You can hear about the grace of God in lives. There's a guy here, it seems incredible, Jeffrey Dahmer. He was a serial rapist, killer, dismembered his... Oh, just too many dreadful things that he was into to mention. Anyway, in prison with 16 life sentences, he was converted to Christianity and came into. Now, some people say, well, if he's in heaven, I don't want to be there. (laughs) But you know, that is the measure of God's grace. It is so great. We cannot outsin his grace and his goodness and his forgiveness. And I think that's an incredible thing. He was, in fact, murdered in, in jail before he was, um, I don't know whether he was going to the electric chair or whether he was just going to serve all those life sentences. But he was murdered in jail by one of the inmates. But the good thing was he had told his testimony. And there's a book about it from Deepest Darkness, no, Dark Journey, Deep Grace. And that's the God we serve. And it's full of... Oh, you South Africans will love this. There's one on the back about the South African rugby, um, head of the rugby team. And um, we can collect testimonies like that and we can speak to people and we can show them that God's alive. 
He's real. He's active in our lives today. He's not just an historical figure that they've heard about. We need to make him alive in the minds and understanding of people. Isn't that encouraging? You can be a prophet just by sharing the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's no big deal. It just should be lifestyle for us who are Christ followers. You're also a priest. 1 Peter 2.9 speaks of the fact that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people, a nation belonging to God that we may declare the praises of him who brought us out of darkness into his wonderful light. So we were also priests. We're priests to God, so we can come to God and we can minister to God. Isn't that an awesome thought? To think that we can come to God, bring him praise, bring him worship, bring him thanksgiving, just declare our faith in him and our love for him, and that ministers to God. Now, he's the all-sufficient one who needs nothing, but nevertheless, he delights in it when we express our love to him. And that's a wonderful privilege that we have, that we can actually minister to Almighty God. And we can minister on his behalf to others. And so the, um, prayer is the most incredible privilege. We've been praying for Farnas this morning, and I know many of you have been praying um, for him and for others who have been going through difficult times. When I'm going through a difficult time, it's just wonderful to know that I can call on a number of people to pray. And it just you just feel the buoyancy of the prayers of the saints. So let us not neglect to pray. Um, freely we have received, and we need to freely give. So you can be a great blessing in prayer. James 5, 16 tells us that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And sometimes we think our prayers maybe are hitting a ceiling. But it's not true. When we pray the word of God, angels are released to affect his purposes and in answer to that prayer. So we can move the heavens, folk, with our prayer. Righteous people. We are righteous because of him. Nothing of our own that we need to stress about. Um, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And he said, you are the light of the world too. Because whoever follows me, Jesus, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So you all have his light within you. I'm just encouraging this morning, turn up that dimmer switch, hey? Let your light shine. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen on you. So allow his light to just shine through you. And there's a great way just to be his priest to other people. Uh, Sometimes we think it's a big deal to pray with people, but if we just ask people to, for their, could we, could I pray a blessing over you? There's an awful lot of people that would be just too happy to have a blessing prayed over them. They don't have to be religious or even understand what's going on. But as God's priests, when we pray in his name 
and in his spirit, we can see people touched. We can see things changed. We can see atmospheres changed. People open up like flowers when you just express love and blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, a very good friend of mine gave me a lovely book recently about this. It's written by Roy Godwin, and it's called The Grace Outpouring. And it's about a couple that took over a retreat in Wales. Just a very normal couple, humble people, and they took over this Christian retreat in Wales. And they didn't quite know what they were going to do or how to go about things, but... They just had people coming and they would just have a cup of tea with them, sit around a table, chat to them, and just ask them if they could pray for them. And the presence of God in that place was so amazing that it was people would be drawn that were actually driving by that property. They would be drawn to come in and find out what was going on in that place. Or those that are walking in the hills of Wales, they would just feel drawn to come. When you are full of God like that, when you just want to do his will and be his channel of blessing, you don't have to go rushing around. People will come to you. You know, once um, somebody explained to me, we need to be a well. A well is an inheritance in God. Not an oasis, necessarily, that looks good and spreads far, but a well. And when people come, they can drink of the well of the salvation that God has put in us. Fresh waters flowing from your inmost being. So we can just speak to people and say, can I bless you in the name of Jesus? I was walking in the mall with a friend once and um, she went off to do something and came back all excited. She said, oh, I just saw this lovely couple, immigrants from some country in Africa, I think, and they had a child in a, in a pram. And she said, would you mind if I could pray a blessing over your little one? And they were delighted. They were so touched that she would take the time and effort and just pray a simple blessing that God would bless their lives, protect them, make himself known to them. It's not a difficult thing to do. We can do that, folk. We can do that on an ongoing basis. We can even give people something like this little father's love letter. It's tract I love to give out because it's just full of scripture. And if somebody's maybe been softened by your response to them, it's good then to plant a seed. Just leave them with something to think on. And this is the word of God and it's powerful, it's effective. It never goes out without an effect. So just be prepared, as it were, with testimonies and with little tracts or something to encourage those around you when you see them in need. You are a priest of Almighty God, and that's an incredible privilege. So we are on assignment. Isn't that amazing? We're on assignment from and under the command of the authority of Jesus Christ himself. You know, when we go... We don't have to worry about what we do if we take seriously Galatians 2.20. This life that I live is no longer mine. 
the life I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. Isn't that amazing? It's not us. It's him. And I just I see it like a hand in a glove. I'm just a glove. People might see me. But it's Jesus as the hand. He's the one doing the work through me as we do things. And this grace of God, this gift that he gives you is just so precious and so real. He says we can do nothing apart from him. And that's so true. I wouldn't be up here today apart from him. In fact, I sprung a leak this morning. And I... <laughs> that sounds a bit awful, doesn't it? Well, what I mean by that was I was just, just drying my legs after I'd had a shower and suddenly there was blood everywhere. And I, I was wondering whether or not I'd even get here. Um, so if there's anybody here, I was just wondering maybe if this is a word of um, knowledge. If there's anybody here who has a problem with spontaneous bleeding, please come to me afterwards. Otherwise, God was maybe saying I'm too thin-skinned or something. <laughs> anyway, this grace that we have, we do not need to set aside. We need to use it. We need to walk in it. We need to cherish it. We need to have revelation of it. We need to be those that encourage one another week by week and day by day. You know, there are an awful lot of people struggling out there. Um, and we can be struggling too if we don't take time just to be in his presence, to soak in his goodness, to understand afresh the promises that he's given us and how real they are in Jesus Christ. They are all yes and amen in Christ. That's great news, isn't it? And he desires that we be filled with the Spirit of God. You know, I cannot stress enough the need for us to be filled with his Spirit. When you're born again, you receive his Spirit as a gift. But what we need is the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we need power He's a supernatural God. He wants to do supernatural things. We can't do that in our own strength or our own understanding. God is spirit, and he moves in us by spirit. So every opportunity you get, just say and be aware of his presence in you and just ask him to fill you up, fill you up to overflowing with his spirit. He wants to do those greater works that Jesus said we could all do. He wants to do them through you. Think about that a minute. Through you. Through you. Let us be open to that. We want to see this nation saved for Jesus. We want to see Australia proclaiming the goodness and grace of God. It was declared the great south land of the Holy Spirit. And it's been prophesied by Smith Wigglesworth and others that in the latter days there will be a great outpouring of his Holy Spirit. That's, guys, what we're striving for in this church. We're waiting for that move of his Spirit where people can come here and just go out totally different, alive in God, healed, delivered, filled with joy, 
And we can be channels of that same power and love as we just abide in him. It takes time, it takes effort, but the reward is amazing. And you'll never regret it. And it's eternal. And uh, as we get towards the end of life, we realize life's really, really short. Opportunities to live for him, to honor him, to seek his will, to do his will. Life's short, folk. Don't waste it. Don't take time. Um, waste time. Let's add his super to our natural and walk in the supernatural. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Isn't that amazing? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we have that assurance from Acts 1.8 where it talks about you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. And so we can be prophet, priest, and king like Jesus in the power of his Holy Spirit as we learn to develop that intimacy with him that he's calling us to. And so we want to just do that and demonstrate this morning we can be. Those among you who want prayer, I want you to lift your hands up or stand up and I want others to gather around you and to lay hands on you, to speak blessing over you, to pray for you in the powerful name of Jesus. Let's activate this thing now. This is who we are. We're his priests. We're his prophets and we're his king's rulers. Amen? Would you get together in little groups? Anybody who needs prayer, stand now. And especially if anyone's got spontaneous bleeding, I'd like to pray for them this morning. Thanks. Anybody needing prayer? Oh, you're also healthy and well and perfect. Nobody needing prayer? Somebody there? Any more, any more, any more? Opportunity to be prayed for? Sure. Put your hand up, folks. Only one person needing prayer this morning. And Bill and Paul? Anyone else? Let's gather around these folk and just speak your blessing and your, your praise over them this morning. Amen. 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 Thank you, Kay. It's wonderful. Wonderful. It's good. Yeah, if we could um, if we could learn to live in the reality of what God says about us, everything about our life would change. Everything would be different. Um, priest or prophet priest and king that's three incredible powerful ministries in their own right and yet jesus combines all three and says that's who you are that that's amazing to me 
You know, a prophet, a prophet is someone who, if you look at scripture, a prophet is someone who can see into the future, who hears what God says, and then who speaks that. And Jesus says that that's what I want to do for you. I want, I want to release that kind of gifting upon you. That's what Jesus did. He saw the future. He spoke the future into being. Didn't just pronounce it, but he spoke it into being. And the thing with Jesus is that he fulfilled what was spoken about him. And it's exactly that same thing that he's going to put up on every one of us. He says you're a priest. And Kay said we have the opportunity, just as we've just done, to pray for one another. An Old Testament priest would stand and he would represent people before God. That was, that's what he did. And he would then represent God to the people. Well, in an, under the new covenant, Jesus is our representative. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. So we don't stand as representing other people, but we do stand in presenting people before God. So we can do that. We can present people. We can stand and pray for them. We can pray for each other. We can lay our hands, as the Bible says, lay hands on people and pray for them, bless them, release God's power and healing upon them. But all of the authority to do both of those things come by standing with the authority of a king. And what's amazing, when you look at Scripture... There was only two people ever mentioned in scripture who were both a king and a priest. Only two. In fact, it was illegal to be a priest and be a king. If you were a king, you couldn't function as a priest. Um, Saul tried to do it once and he got in big trouble for doing it with God. And there were consequences for it. So there's only two people ever. The first one you read is in Genesis chapter 14. And it's a guy by the name of Melchizedek. He was king and priest of Salem. Salem is just a shortened version of Jerusalem. All right? So he was king and a priest. Genesis 14. David mentions him a couple of times in the Psalms. And the next time you see, you read anything about him is in the book of Hebrews in chapter 5 and chapter 7. And it says that he was a king priest without beginning, without end, with no genealogy. And then it says Jesus is a king priest in the order of Melchizedek. Who's the only person who didn't have a beginning and an end? Jesus. So Melchizedek, many scholars believe, was a pre-incarnation of Jesus, or at least, at the very least, some kind of supernatural person who walked, you know, who suddenly arrived, who was a type or shadow of Jesus. So in other words, there's really only one who was a king and a priest and a prophet. The thing that blows my mind is, is then, as we read this morning, as Kay read in Second Peter chapter, First um, Peter chapter two, verse nine, that we are priests, but not only that, royal priests. What does that mean? Royalty has to do with 
kingship. And then in the book of Revelation, in chapter five, uh, chapter one and chapter five, it says that we are. In chapter one, it says we are a kingdom of priests, but in chapter five, it says you are kings and priests. The the, the thing that only Jesus was qualified to be, he says, now I've qualified you to be. That that's incredibly powerful. Can you imagine, folk, if we began to live daily in the authority of a prophet, seeing, speaking, becoming the future, in the authority of a priest, releasing the power of heaven across the earth because we stand with an understanding that we are kings, not groveling in the dirt, but seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus where we can actually use that authority to minister life everywhere we go. It's incredible. That's, that's why Jesus says, hey, you can do what I did because I've given you the authority, the spiritual ability and the revelation and insight to know what to do. Prophet, priest, king. Wonderful, eh? Thank you, Kay. It's powerful, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. All right, bless you guys. Um, tea and coffee. And uh, Wednesday's at our place, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. So come along. If you're not sure where it is, come and see us. We'll give you the address. Easy to get to. Bless you.